we are recording. Okay, good. And I'll stop with the dirty jokes. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> the, God forbid we um, we offend some people. <laughs> Uh, hi, everybody. We are happy for you to be here with Drinks With My Wife. You are horrible at the introduction. I really am. Why did I even try? I, I was. It felt like dead air and I felt like, shit, I got to say something because you weren't saying anything. And uh, then Sometimes you got to let a kid fall. Like I was just going to let, let you go. I'll keep that in mind. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, yes, yeah, since the roles are reversed, what are you drinking? I'm having a margarita, but it's really you've made it so good amazing this time around you usually make a really really good one i don't know what you've done with this one but it's a perfect balance of sweet and tart and it's just it's a, constant, a whole lot of delicious it's a constant experiment for those people who cook or make cocktails at home you know that you know well bar let's just stick with drinks like you can't it's not like a bartender like our son has said like i make a pretty good manhattan his are excellent and his are excellent why because he'll make 25 a night yeah 30 a night whereas for me it's like i can i would like to drink 30 of them a night but I can't, you know, so, um, yeah. So and and he's I, just a great bartender. <laughs> oh, my God. Mommy moment. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what, and I'm drinking the same thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Drinking on an empty stomach. But look. look <laughs> always I, uh, a recipe for disaster, always, quite frankly. Always. So buckle up, everybody. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a wild one. <laughs> so. We are doing this. This is almost like an emergency pod because we literally just got a message from one of our viewers. Emergency? Oh my gosh, that sounds like something has taken place. Because some quick background, we don't normally know what our topics are going to be. We each throw them out to each other and we just riff. But we received one from from a friend of mine, Corey, who I went to uh, college. Okay, I'm drinking on an empty stomach. Corey and I went to high school together uh, back in old Evansville, Indiana. And so she's... A constant fan, constantly leaving comments. She's awesome. She's so the support- best. She, she's Thank so you, Corey. supportive. Yeah, she's so awesome. But she sent us a topic. And since we're doing another user-generated topic. We are. I like it. Two and, in a row. And since we read it, since I read it to you because I found it so fascinating, she also left comments about pornography, her relationship and pornography, which I know <laughs> she doesn't mind me saying her relationship. That's funny. Uh, which we'll was, talk about that another time. I know. And I won't put her on blast. I'll let her come in here and share her own thoughts if she decides. But the thing was, since I read it to you, it was like, let's just go ahead and go right into it. That way we don't have time to think about it because I've been thinking about it. Since the message came through. Oh, okay. Okay, so give it to me. Okay, okay. So let let me make sure I read it. All right. Okay. Um, She said, in terms of a topic, she said, "Are you where you thought you would be when you left high school?" Again, we graduated high school Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. My goodness, I'm like thirty years ago. My God. Are you where you thought you would be when you left high school? And what would you tell your college graduate self? What would you tell your thirty-year-old self? And what do you look for in the next 20 years? Ooh, I mean, this it's is a lot of questions. I know. So I, I, let's I, break it down. Let's oh, start with maybe the top two or something. Let's do. I definitely want, you know, the high, school, high one, school, the high school one, I think, is that me after college. I mean, I is a whole different world. But that in the 30 year old. And I don't know why those two are grabbing me. Well, let's just do it. Me but neither. So let's just do it. Where were you? I don't have a thought either. Either way. Or are you where you thought you would be when you left high school? I don't know that I thought about it, to be honest. I don't know what, you know, where you thought you would be. Well, first of all, when I left high school, I went to college uh, wanting to be a pediatrician. And so. Okay, say no. Yeah, yeah. So, but if it's about that, if it's about that, if it's about career, 
then I would say no, because I really wanted to be a pediatrician. And I've talked about this before. I took a lot of science my first year of college and hated it and switched majors. So if it's about career, I would say absolutely not, Mm. um, because I thought that. If it's about life, just my life, um, I, I do believe at 18, I thought, not that I, that I had this exact conversation where I said, oh, you know, 30 years from now, I'm going to be married, you know, have a home in Mexico, spending my time, most of my time. No, I didn't have those very um, deliberate thoughts. But did you, but hold on, when you were 18, you were with your ex-husband. That's right. So did you, what were you thinking at that time? Did you think that by the time you're this age, you know, you will have had kids. Oh, 100%. Did you think you were going to have more than one kid? Yes, 100%. I wanted five. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted five just, kids. I just want to ruin the badge. just want to destroy the body. Yes. And then five. Cole did that, and I was like, done. Um, and so, <laughs> no, I did it because I love children, which is why I wanted to be a pediatrician. Oh, my See, it God. all aligns. It's all aligned. But, yes, I imagined that I would be still married to my ex that I would have more than one child. That you would live in Connecticut? Would you I, still live in Connecticut? I'm not sure I, I thought about it from the perspective of Connecticut, to mm. be honest with you. I don't think I thought about place. Because even at that age, I very much was the type of person who wanted to have different experiences. Gotcha. I wasn't with the right person to be sharing that with, though. Mm-hmm. Hence, no longer married to that person. <laughs> That's one of a thousand other reasons. But... Um, And so I don't know that I thought about it that way, but I definitely thought about the fact that I would be married to him, have multiple children and be living almost a very Norman Rockwell kind of life. Yeah, like ball games and PTA meetings and shit like that. And yeah, exactly. I really thought that was going to be me. I thought I was going to be uh, a full-time mother. I thought I was going to be a person who I didn't, I didn't know that I, in spite of the fact that I wanted to be a pediatrician, I never thought about how are these two worlds going to work together. Interesting. Because you don't, I don't know that you do at 18, but that's the next, that's an interesting observation. Like you weren't like, oh yeah, I'll work at the hospital and this is, or whatever, wherever pediatricians work, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to come on. I'm going to have a white coat. I think people have those type of fantasies sometimes about your career, but you weren't even thinking like that far down the road. I wasn't making the connection between the two worlds for sure. I knew I wanted to be a pediatrician because I love children. I knew I wanted to have multiple kids because I love children and I and I wanted to yeah live a life that felt very uh, like I said Norman Rockwell but I did not connect those two worlds together for sure for sure interesting what about you oh god 18 uh so I graduated 17 um I didn't am I where I thought I would be okay so the answer is no (laughs) <laughs> but let's start uh, let's start with that um but when i was only thing i no, you know what that's not true you know what i the one part of that that is actually factual is that i thought i knew by this age i would not be anywhere near evansville indiana 
because I knew that was certain for you. That was that was the goal. And I didn't even know it was truly like runaway slave syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like all I got to do is get over this fence and then I'm running. They're like, well, where are you going? No fucking clue. But I'm getting away. And that's no disrespect to that city. It just was not for me. Like, yeah, I I knew I was. I mean, all my friends are from there. You know, I love that. I love that place for that way all the time. I know. But it was like, I am fucking out of here. I don't know. Uh, I did. Okay, so and then this would be a part that's a no. Like I thought I was going to uh, graduate college and then move to New York and become a writer. And the irony is. Well, you did all of those things. (laughs) I did. But the irony is about, this is the thing about being 17. Uh, I had never been to New York. Mm -hmm. I had never, ever been to New York. I'd never been to New York when I moved there. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast. I know friends who know me know that. I literally, me and my ex-wife drove up, looked for an apartment, found an apartment, drove back, packed our shit, and got the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 17, um, I, st- I didn't, I, you know what I, what I couldn't picture? I couldn't picture marriage. You know, my parents had divorced very young, and I was around a lot of divorcees, uh, the children of divorce, or their parents were never married. And so I didn't have, when I, when I think about the life, all I knew is that I needed to get to New York because that seemed like a place where everyone was welcome and everyone, you can be who you were. I went to get out from under shadows and I was like, I'm going there. But that's all I had. I didn't even picture married kids, like that suburbia like. So that shit never at, crossed my mind. Even at, okay, but but hang on a second. When you, when you were 17 and graduating high school, mm-hmm. did you believe I'm going to live in New York, I'm going to be married, I'm going to have so many kids and this is the life I'm going to be? Did you have those thoughts? No. Never. You didn't have those thoughts. Even. No, 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 no. I, I was going to move to New York. <laughs> even at se- you, even at seventeen when you graduated high school, I knew exactly where I was going. Okay, but but other than a, a, a location and a professional career, you didn't think about who you would be personally no, or I, where you would be personally. No, I, I, you know, this is going to sound mean, but of course, I dated girls in the, in that age, in those young ages, in college and high school, where there was a constant gauge for what they were going to be. You know, I tell you an interesting story. I think I may have said this before. We had a a high school teacher, Mr. Hughes, (laughs) this is a high school episode. And I never forget uh, being at a summer camp and working at a summer camp, college for gifted and talented youth when I was in college. And he said something that saw straight through me. We were sitting around a bunch of counselors and one of them goes, asked me about interracial dating. And I was like, ah, you know, I never, I was like, I have, but I don't know. And he spewed out, he goes, well, he said, Ter- he said, Terrence is never, would never marry someone white. He was white. He said that. And all of us turned around and he just, and I go, I said, what? And like almost, I was offended. He said, because she's not, he said, uh, she won't necessarily fit into what your mission is. And at the, at that time I was very, it was very angry. It was, you know, I was young, but the thing that stuck with me through all those years is I began to recognize even the girls that I was dating at the time, I was constantly evaluating whether or not they would be able to accompany me on my journey. Mm. And my journey was going to New York. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know anyone at 17 who was going to be adventurous in that way. I was not adventurous like skydiving, but I was like, as you know, fear doesn't bother me. So I was like, all I could picture was going to New York, going to the Village Vanguard, sitting, having whiskey and watching jazz. Like that's all I, oh my God, that's all I envisioned. I understand that was your dream. I, I get all of that. Um, but, but did you imagine that 30 years later, you still would be living in New York? Did you? Oh yeah. 
so you imagine that that's where you were going to live for the remainder of your life. And I had never been how fucking stupid, how stupid or naive no, is that? I, yeah, that's but, dreaming, right? I, that's what dreamers do. They, they imagine the, un, you know, they, this is what they do. Yeah. They create their perfect scenario. hundred percent. So, okay, yeah. so, so, all right. So I think from a professional and a personal, what you imagine or not professional and personal, that's not what I want to say. So, you're 17 and who you imagined you would be and where you would be and what you would be doing 30 years later. Obviously a part, a portion of that has a remained por- a, portion a portion of, of that has a, remained for sure, but, but kind of nothing else, but nothing for else. Me, nothing has but, but, but no, I thought I would be, like when I was 17, I didn't want to be, uh, I want to be a, I want to be James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. I want to be Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go there and like, I guess if I, you know, after I publish a couple of books, if Columbia wants to hire me, fuck it, I'll mm-hmm. do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those are the things that you think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was it was strictly about, I will say this, because I felt like I grew up with a world with a, such a limited worldview uh, that I was going to New York to discover what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why I kept my options open mm-hmm. um, or why I, I didn't I didn't have the tools to even imagine what my life was going to be 30 years from now. I just knew that I was not going to be um, in I was going to be in New York. I was not going to be in Evansville. Yeah, and there was no, there were no other cities. I had job offers in other places when I graduated college. Fuck that. I'm going to New York. I think uh, what's interesting about this question is, um, well, first of all, are you where you thought you would be when you left high school? When you imagine that. Um, and then the next part of the question is about 30. At 30 yeah. Right? What would you tell your 30 year old self? Oh, what would you tell your 30 year old self? Yeah. That's because Cause I was thinking the high school thing was when I was in high school, where do I, where did I imagine my life would be in 30 years? But that's, that's not the, no. that wasn't the question. It's just, what did I imagine I would, my life would be like when I left high school? Got it. Okay. And is it that today? Kind of, it seems like, right? Is For that, me? No, that's oh, yes, the that's question the, that was yeah, asked. Yeah, that's just that's it. the that, question you that was know, asked. Okay, through I just margarita. want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the tequila. I'm just trying to keep it all straight in, in my in my head. <laughs> I'm glad no one's taking notes script. because yeah. they would be lost. You were yeah. out on a tangent. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I was just trying to make sure I answered it proper properly. But, um, but before we move on from the high school thing, I do think... It's interesting because I do think you have big, I, I don't know if there's big dreams. What was fascinating for me growing up, um, I don't know that I was surrounded by people who had dreams like I did. You know, I even think about my, my three closest friends. Um, a lot of a lot of our dreams were about one of them, as I think back, one of them just wanted a job all the time. The other one just wanted to get out of this cycle of poverty. Another one wanted to make sure he wouldn't have any kids when he was mm-hmm. fucking 17 and he could go to college. Mm-hmm. And so um, our dreams were very, their dreams were very, for me, very limiting. Because mm-hmm. all I could think was, well, I can get a job and I can wear a condom. So those things are not <laughs> necessarily scary to me. Mm-hmm. What I need is something that was much bigger. And mm-hmm. I, and it's not to say that it, I was any smarter about that. It just was like. It was different. It was just yeah, different. it was just different. You know, yeah. it's just different. You know, and so I do think it's uh, what's it, what impacts what your view is like what you were saying, like I think about the thing you were describing about life in Connecticut in high school. A lot of your friends have done exactly what you have described. What do you mean? Graduated high school, married their high school sweethearts, had children, 
lived in lived within a reasonable radius because Connecticut is so damn small. They lived within a reasonable radius. So those are the people that you were around. I'd be curious if they had dreams that they were going to do or some thoughts that they would be doing something else. Oh, I don't know. Hopefully they're listening and they'll respond. But we'll text uh, them later. Yeah, some, exactly. Exactly. But you know what I'm I mean? Not, like who you have sure, around you is a big impact. Yeah. I'm even thinking about like, did we have those conversations? Because I think, of course, when we graduated high school, we all went into college with a major mm-hmm. or at least believing this was going to be yeah, their major get, in my case. Um, and I think of my closest circle of people, they've all gone on to do those oh, those things. Wow. Yeah. Except you. Except for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, except for me. <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern of serious, behavior here. Serious, serious. I'm gonna call my therapist. I, I, I don't know if it's bad decisions or misguided goals, but you have not done what you set out to do. God no. Other than be happy. Well, yeah. I that, didn't even have a concept of that. I didn't, I didn't know either. what happiness meant. I didn't either. Day. Well, you didn't think about that because you're always happy. Yeah. At, right. Like yeah. you are, because even when you, if you live a life that's challenging on the daily. What you're what you're experiencing by going to high school and being around friends, I hope anyway you're happy, right? You're being around your friends and you're sharing experiences with mm-hmm. them and you're doing fun kind of high school things. So I don't want to minimize depression or anything uh, like yeah, that. I'm I not mean, talking about that. I'm talking about like I hope that that's taking place and so you don't even think think about it. Right. Right. It's not until we start paying for bills that we're fucking stressed and everything <laughs> You realize else. how much stuff exactly. sucks. I know. Let's go to the second question, though. Okay. Which, say it again. Say the second question again. <laughs> My goodness, drinking on an empty stomach. Uh, we need a hashtag for that. What would you tell your 30-year-old self about the road ahead? Let's just add that on there. You know what I mean? And I think I think the reason of those three or four questions that that stood out because I recognized the reason I was thinking about it last night after I read it was that that was a pivotal point for me. Me too. Okay. Um, you want me, me too. To, okay. So you go, no, you oh, go no, first. I don't I know. First no, the last no. Time. Okay. You go, you go first. Uh, what would I tell my 30 year old self? You know what I would tell my 30 year old self is that you're on the right path. Um, my marriage was falling apart. Um, and I, and I was making personal changes um, that even if people who were close to me weren't really aware of, I was making internal changes because I'm not one to announce stuff like, Hey, I'm going to lose some weight or, Hey, I'm going to make some personal changes. I just start trying to chip away at it. And so, um, there was a lot of uncertainty, especially because a divorce is like death of a parent in many ways. Like it's one of those impactful things that's going to stay with you for life. And I think about my 30th birthday party. I had my ex-wife threw me a surprise birthday party. And I think about, I didn't, I knew it in the moment, but man, it is really crystal clear that my life was a fucking shambles right Mm -hmm. then. And I remember thinking about what I wanted my life to become and whether or not I was going to get there. And Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about career or my child, none of that shit. I knew at 29 years old, I want to be a different person. Mm -hmm. And so I had started to try to make changes uh, to who I am, uh, who I could become And I'd like to, I'd like for, I would have told that 29 year old, like, dude, I know you like to pop off with the mouth and you're trying to stop. Okay. Um, You're going to get better at this. Yeah. You're going to get better at not internalizing everyone's little thing perceived slight Mm -hmm. as a reason to lash out or get angry. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get your 
quick little temper under control and things like that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I think when I, when I was thinking about her question, a Corey's question, I was just thinking like, I would just give myself an assurance and actually you, you're going to go through this divorce and it is going to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, is, it, it is going, you're going to be calling up, leaving messages for OJ. Like, dude, I just, I got some questions about how you handle some shit. Like you are going to go to some dark places, but in the end, it's going to work out. And right. you're even going to meet a woman. I'm not going to tell you who her name is because I want to <laughs> fuck it up. But you're going to meet this chick. She's going to be mad cool, uh, a little demanding, and a little, you know, she gets a little <laughs> spun around on fucking margaritas. But it's going, it's that, I think that's what I would want to tell myself is that you're going to be okay. Because I think about the dark places, not even necessarily happy things, just like you're going to be okay. Right. You're going to be okay. I like that you use the word demanding to describe me, but we're going to talk about that later <laughs> off. <laughs> Off podcast. Uh, so I can insult your ability to consume alcohol, but you're like, don't call me demanding. Yeah. What do you think you are? <laughs> it's almost right on cue. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> that, was, that was so on point. Anyway. Um, that's really interesting because I see so many parallels between your 30 and my 30. Because I, I agree. The thing I would say to my 30 year old self is, um, keep, keep listening to your gut, keep Hmm. paying attention to your gut because at 30, I very much felt like I had to please Mm. other people and their expectations of you. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and a part of that was also just not, um, it's not just about wanting to disappoint, but <clears throat> wanting to have to explain. I don't want to have to explain things that I wanted to do with my life or where mm. I want my I wanted my life to go, and so it was a lot easier to suppress that. Gotcha. Um, than to move forward with it at that age, and you know that was my marriage was also not going well, mm. um, and. I, I wanted a certain life and knew I couldn't have that life if I stayed in the world in which I was living. And I had thoughts about what I wanted to do and I suppressed them. Interesting. Even at, at 30. So at we're looking 30, at 30. At, th- yeah, at 30. Okay. At 30. I, su- I suppressed them because I was like, gosh, that's going to hurt this person. That's going to make this person ask questions. That's going to make this person judge me. That's going to make this person do X, Y, whatever those things are that I said to myself, but I know that's what I was thinking. And it became a lot easier to not take those steps forward mm-hmm. and, and to, and, and to say almost to use all those other people and how they were going to react as an excuse for not moving forward. And it took me a few years to recognize, yeah, I, 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 I can't keep doing this. I, I don't know if there's a defining moment, but is there a moment where you realize that you're you're actually making progress? Because I think that's what that's what I love about this question. I think there, for us, ironically, we're both are talking about what happened around the age of thirty. Yeah. Where you realize that I'm rounding a bin. Yeah. That it's starting to I'm starting to get better on the path. Yeah. That I want to be or live the life. Yeah. You know for what I mean? Sure. For there sure. Because there has to be the time even like soon whenever you all whenever you moved across the country where there was still some uncertainty rather about the decision. Was yeah. there? No. <laughs> You're like, Oh no, by the time I had that fucking rental truck, I was yeah, out. No, no. At that point. But you know, I was, 
I was not 30 at that point. Oh, it was, right, this is right. what I mean. It was a few years later. Right, but right, right. It, but it, it's almost like, no, I can, I can, I can hang on. I can try. I, mm. Let me try harder. Let me hang on. Let me do X, Y, and Z. And then I realized, but I'm still not happy. I'm right. trying and I'm still not happy. And so what do I, and so I started really evaluating in a very honest way what's going to make me happy. And, and that's what I started doing. So Ain't that a fascinating thing when you, yeah. when you really start, because I think about what, what began to happen to me as I was approaching 30, it wasn't about what was going to, not that I'm, for me, it was not about necessarily what is going to make me happy. Cause you know, it's the thing I often say on here. A lot of times when it comes to happiness, if you don't have a point of reference, there's no way for you to actually be to define mm-hmm. what is going to make you mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't like who I was. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing like, the one thing I can't pinpoint is to look back and go, man, that, cause people always go, when's the moment where you knew it's a, B and C. The thing I wouldn't, I can never pinpoint is whenever you recognize that you need to make a change. Yeah. Like, cause it was not one big dramatic thing. I just recognized for myself, like I didn't sit around and go, man, I want to be, I want to be happy. What I was sitting around going like, dude, I don't like who you are becoming or mm-hmm. who you have become. Yeah. And so how can well, you, well, that requires a lot of honesty and peeling back yeah. the layers and, yep. And the reality is, is we don't always do that mm-hmm. um, because it's hard. It's hard work. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to look. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard work. And I think, you know, for me, too, I was, again, going back to I really was trying to please everyone else, but not because they said anything to me that. Right. It's what I it believed yeah. they needed. And. Again, that was my own perception of what I believed they needed from me when the rea- when I shifted that, when I started going, well, hang on a second, let me focus on me first and figure out what makes me happy, then what I recognized was everybody was very supportive of that. Interesting. And it doesn't mean they didn't have questions. It didn't mean I have to didn't have to answer those questions, but at least at that point I felt confident enough to also kind of be able to look at them when they asked a question and go, I don't know. I'm not sure just yet. Right. Starting off, you know, easing into the... Yeah, because people... Finding your voice, I guess. People want answers, right? Especially when you're doing something like, oh, we're going to get a divorce. Well, why? Like, I can't can't put 20 (laughs) years of life into a singular statement that's going to satisfy you. Exactly. And when you recognize that, but even more so when you recognize, I don't feel a need. Mm-hmm. to satisfy your need about that either. Right. I, I think I think having that maturing process, mm-hmm. quite frankly, began at 30. And that that's what enabled me to start taking steps that I recognized were going to be best for me. I never right. was going to do anything to hurt someone else, but I also recognized, or I learned rather, those steps didn't hurt someone else. They They merely made those people be concerned. Right, right. And it was about you. You know, it's funny that when you were saying that, that really, I'd never thought about this. Um, Well, I've thought about this factor. The thing that was changing for me was what I was saying. Like, I want to, I recognize that I'm actually could be a kind person mm-hmm. and I wasn't behaving in a kind manner towards right. people in general. Right. But the one thing that in I began Because you do, were unhappy. I, I wasn't That's happy. what unhappiness does. It well, makes you not very nice. Yeah. Well, that was part of it. But there was also a bit of the little man syndrome in there mm. that I need to put on this tough facade. Or, you know, it's not like I was acting like a tough guy. 
But there is that thing of like, don't take no shit. Mm-hmm. Like, so whether it's growing up where you're not a big guy mm-hmm. or then you're, you know, and then you're going off to New York, it's like, all right, don't be letting nobody fuck with you. Right. And I realized that I had started building up this, you know, this shield to protect myself. Yeah. And I find myself being acting and behaving in a manner that was very selfish right. and very uh, reactionary towards people. And then all of a sudden you start going, dude, you need to calm the fuck down. Like right. every time someone does something, it is not a slight and they're not doing it because yeah. you're fucking short. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I have a follow up question to this 30 year old when you were 30, which is when you were 30 and starting going through that change and imagining what your life would be, are you where you thought you would be? It's kind of like the high school question, but now I'm taking it because 30 is, no. was a pivotal point for us, yes. each of us separate, I'm talking about separately, uh, of change, mm-hmm. where we started to institute change and start to evaluate things differently and seek out happiness for us and make changes to, a, to reach that goal. And so at 30, when, that, when you envisioned what that looked like, are you where you are, it is what you envisioned at 30 of where you would be at this age, are you there? Yes. Oh, I nice. am as oh. I, as you re as you re you know stated the question. Yeah, I just want to be a lot more chill mm-hmm. and a lot more. You know, you know, this is the thing that we've always told our kids. You know, kindness is free. Right. Patience. Uh, I think I'd started to get a little bit more judgmental by the time I was thirty. Now mm-hmm. I. Not judgmental and, you know, invoking my own morals on people, but I could look at someone's life and be like, man, they fucking around. Mm-hmm. Now, man, as long as you're not hurting any kids, not hurting yeah. your wife, I yeah. don't really give a shit what you do with your life. I just yeah. want people to be happy. And so that's where I am now. It doesn't yeah. mean I can't continue to grow and get better. But when I think about that, a specific area of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't. And I got to tell you, I didn't realize how much better it felt like the ability to walk away from shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in a way that I wasn't always before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think I took that, uh, you know, there, or there was that, inc- we had an incident once in Santa Monica where someone said something insulting to me and Juana and Ella, but he started off saying shit to me and I didn't even notice. Right. And, and then I kind of heard it and I really didn't give a shit. I kept walking. It wasn't until he walked up near you, where it was like, all right, now it's time to get into some shit. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when him just looking at me side eyed right. with this white female and my black child, and he's gonna fucking just stare at me like dinner. I would at twenty uh, nine year old Terrence, but it was like, dude, fucking, you need help. Actually, I did say that. Anyway. You did. I did. I did. You did. <laughs> but I waited till he got closer to you before I asked him if he needed help. Because yeah. but but I was able to. That was a step where I was able to like. If he's just going to mumble something under his breath that was insulting and racist, like, man, I ain't got time to fuck with you. Like, me yeah. and my wife and my daughter are about to go have breakfast. I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to swallow this razor so I don't put a display on in Santa Monica on Main right. Street. Right. It wasn't until I felt like there was a potential confrontation where he said something to you where it's like, okay, now I got to snap back in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was, uh, is progress. So do I, I still have work to do, but I feel like emotionally, yeah, I'm a yeah. much better place. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, the goal when I was 30 and where I wanted my future to be was all about being happy. I didn't, I didn't have very specifics about what that looked like. Ain't that cool. And so it, I just wanted to be happy. And throughout the years, I've defined that for myself more and more and more and mm-hmm. more. And I've only allowed myself to be surrounded by others who can add to that happiness. 
Um, but I've also recognized when there are people in my life who do not add to that, my happiness. And so I, I'm much better able to recognize the difference between the two and gravitate towards the one and stay away from the other. 100%. And, and I, I've been a witness to that, that you've yeah. gotten better. And yeah, so like cutting people out. I, I, that was my, at 30, when I started that pivot and started recognizing this is my goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. I, with 1000% certainty can look at my life today and go, I have achieved that. Absolutely. And I do believe that more and more and more, I feel more and more confident of recognizing the things that are going to make me happy versus the things that will not. And those are the things that will make me happy is what I put energy and effort and attention behind. Mm -hmm. And I let the other stuff go. I'm not angry about it. Nope. I don't, it's okay. But I, I recognize, no, I'm going to go down this path. You can't join me, but I'm going to go down (laughs) this path. This is where you end part of the ride. But but that's yeah. the, you know and and that and that's the one thing that um that I think is huge for people. I, I think I, I do know some people who who try to make change in their life, mm-hmm. and they think it's overnight. You oh know, gosh. They, and they don't realize like it's a long. It's a daily process. It is. It is. And while I don't have necessarily relapses anymore about that particular thing, right. you're gonna find new shit. But it yeah. took a long place to get to a place of calm. A long right. time to get to a place of calm yeah. for me. And the same thing that you were saying, a place of like redefining your happiness and going. But you knew you had to start taking steps, and yeah. that's fucking huge. And being confident with it. Yep. Like no, you don't. You don't fit within those parameters. It's good. I'm not yep. mad at you. Yep. I'm just indifferent. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't forget your Christmas gift. I'm just not sending you shit no more. <laughs> We're done. We're done. This was such a great topic, Corey. Corey you are awesome. You yeah. are the bomb. <laughs> okay. The, the margarita is definitely set. Yeah. yeah. They're in my veins. But seriously, people, if you, I'd love to know what people would tell their 30 year old self or even their expectations from high school, because it's kind yes. of, if you've achieved it or you haven't, I I'm just always curious, like, we what would, was that path too? If you did, that yeah, would be awesome to uh, hear. I know, and feel free to brag if you were like, "Look, I was going to do this at nineteen, and I fucking <laughs> nailed it." Be sure to post it so we can make fun of you and talk about how much we hate people like you. Just <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. We really don't. It's we, cool shit. It's yeah, cool shit. It is. It is. This has been wild, man. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining me for drinks with my wife. That's me. Thanks for joining Drinks with My Wife. Please be sure to click the subscribe button and rate us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. 